Welcome back to the Connector Study podcast series, where we explore experiences of doing ethnographic fieldwork with children in three different cities. My name is Dr. Melissa Nolas. I'm a senior lecturer in sociology based at Goldsmiths, the University of London, and the principal investigator of the Connector Study. I also carried out the ethnographic fieldwork in London. Today's episode is the fifth in a series of six podcasts. In this podcast, together with my colleagues, the fabulous Dr. Christos Varvantakis and Vinarasan Araldos, both research fellows on the project who carried out the ethnographic fieldwork in Athens and in Hyderabad, respectively, we describe a day in each of our lives of doing ethnographic fieldwork. Ethnography is about spending considerable amounts of time with our interlocutors, getting to know their temporal rhythms and the spaces they inhabit, what these mean to them, what preoccupies them, delights and matters to them on a given topic. But what is such an experience actually like for the ethnographer herself or himself? In this podcast, which was recorded a year after the fieldwork ended, we tried to recollect how our days in the field shaped up and what that felt like for us. Okay, so for this podcast, we want to consider a day in the life of the researcher, of us as researchers on this on the Connector study. And this is partly inspired by methodology that we, or kind of activity that we used in the project. So um, in London, I spent a day with the children. I went to their house at seven in the morning and left at seven in the evening, having been to school with them in Athens and in Hyderabad. We did that slightly differently, but equally spending quite extended periods of time with the children. And of course, um, taking inspiration also from Les Back's work and the academic diary and podcasts that other colleagues at Goldsmiths like Nicola Benson have done for the sociological review, looking at what does the day in the life of a researcher actually look like? It's a very interesting question. And there's lots of stuff in that that sort of goes unwritten and is left in, in the margins. Um, so this is what we want to think about. So Vinarasan, tell us about a day. What was it like in Hyderabad? So many things, actually. It's, it's quite interesting as well. Before I describe the day, so I just wanted to give a brief about the context as well in the sense. I was quite new to Hyderabad and I'm quite new to language as well. So initial my initial days of my field work spent for learning the language, at, at least to familiarize the language. So even I just uh, coming to Hyderabad when I was in, in London. Um, so I started watching a lot of Telugu movies, Telugu serials to familiarize myself with the language. I was quite nervous. No, it's the first time actually. This was the first time. So I'm doing research in an unfamiliar language with unfamiliar context. So I, I've done a lot of language improvement, you no know, language improvement sort of activities. And uh, I put effort to interact with as many people as possible within the place where I lived in the apartment, then within the office space as well. Uh, the, the best language uh, teacher for me was uh, the canteen boy uh, in CES. So I used to interact with him, so to pick up the language. And and so coming to the, the typical day, so it's it's usually, of course, we start, we start the day uh, reading newspapers to know about what's happening in the city. Obviously, we introduce off late, uh, um, you know, field notes as well as putting the newspaper clips to give the temporal sense of, you know, what happened on that particular day. So we're just watching news and newspapers and quite of the times, most of the times actually we've been busy attending phone calls, making appointments with people. 
so we get sometimes call early in the morning. So it's always do that. And uh, of course, we do the preparatory works as well. Uh, so a lot of our preparation goes uh, while we were traveling. So in Hyderabad, travel consumes a lot of time. So we use that time actually. Of course, I did research with my colleague, uh, one who provided language support as well, Madhavi. So she provided language support and she's quite immensely helpful for me throughout the project. So usually we use the travel time, for instance, to discuss about what we are going to do on that particular day. And we do sort of just brushing up in case if you made previous visits or what we are going to focus on in the particular visit. And sometimes even we carry so many stuffs with us as well. So for instance, when you do task-based methods, you always carry sketch pens, chart papers, and so many things we carry. So we have to be very meticulous in our planning as well. So what are the things every day we have to carry? to meet the families and children and of course the, the audio recorder and everything and then on our way we usually talk with each other we just plan our, our visits or what we are going to do even though actually it's not happened you know the way we planned most of the times because it's quite the children actually take different uh, directions as well so of course we are flexible with that so we use that time so um, usually in Hyderabad actually we just every time when we go to field we schedule two visits or minimum two visits together, so not even single visit, because it's not worth doing it. Mm-hmm. Traveling long distance and just going for your family. So we usually just club two visits together. So when we go to the field, it's usually a complete day. So we start our day in the morning, so making phone calls, getting appointments, or even earlier. So then we do the preparation on our way or in the office, then carry all the staffs, go to the field, and we meet the families, we spend time. So usually one and a half hours minimum with each family. And of course, we jotted our notes in Hyderabad. Mostly, I done the recording because I was quite comfortable with, uh, in the sense, Telugu was quite new for me. So, done the recording to help myself to write the field notes initially, and then usually, of course, jot down notes as well in the field note when the the field visits. Yeah, then we'll come back again. So again, we'll sit in front of the computer, so make the notes and our reflections as well. So what we observed on the day, so what what happened, what really. No, oh, what was interesting on that day. So yeah, so that is how actually the day. Is. So it's 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 a lot of planning, a lot of fun, a lot of play. So it's it's a mix of everything. Of course, it's very daunting as well. It's it's very very difficult at times. It's very challenging as well. But uh, at the end of the day, it's quite uh, enjoyable. Okay, we know that that is not typical day, yes. right? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the the days that I would have. Uh, field work, like real field work, which was in most of the cases, it was in the afternoon, so after school, basically. It would basically mean that I would try during the morning time, I would try to take care of uh, things either from my work or from my personal life that I knew that I couldn't do in the afternoon, right? I remember there there were a lot of these kind of uh, juggling different tasks and jobs and some half-finished field notes from last day and some replies and emails and stuff like that, knowing that then in the afternoon I will be into the field. One thing I would usually do before and in preparation to the meeting with each child was to go back to field notes from previous visits, read, maybe keep some notes as well, many mental notes Mm -hmm. for sure and so on. I used to have a bag 
with some standard uh, material like a drawing pad and some pens and some uh, so the recorder, mm. notebooks, notebooks and stuff like that because beyond also beyond the tasks it was often something that might prove useful you not know, have a drawing pad with you or a few more pencils or a new notebook sometimes and so on. So that was the bag that I knew I had to carry with me. It's time. And there was in Athens as well, in some, let's say, half of the occasions, it involved also quite some traveling to get there, to get to the house. Most of the meetings were in houses as well, were in the family's places. Then I remember this feeling of expectation every time and of feeling a little bit unsure mm. about, you know, having to see the child again after a month, after two months, mm. especially when there was quite some time in between, a kind of bit uh, faster heart beating, like uh, what news will there be? Maybe he or she has lost her interest in the research, maybe she, you know, there was always, mm. I, I remember always feeling a little bit, in particular for the children. Always there was the time, the initial coming in the house, coming in the place, which involved many different persons also. So parents or siblings or uh, some moments or minutes of sadness and stuff like that. Some cookies, me bringing cookies, the particular cookies that I, I knew that each one of the children like the best cookies or snacks or you know, whatever that was at each occasion. The happiness about the cookies usually, but sometimes also then, like, ah, yeah, sorry, you brought the cookies. And <laughs> <laughs> we thought that it would be again something. And yes, this transition to finding the time again and to tune in with the child again so you can start catching up from where you were last time, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on occasion, the play, the games, mm. the fascination to talk about things from their everyday life, things that you have missed since the last meeting, things that have happened, things that they felt like commenting upon, the new books, the new games, the new films they watched, mm. the new board games, and why not play this board game instead of talking about this board game? A lot of play, a lot of play, a lot of games, like we said again and again and again, a lot of discussions. I remember the tiredness at some points, mm. that, that especially in longer visits, which mm. actually they were pretty long. I mean, a typical one would be like three, four hours, something like that, maybe. In some particularly long, with a lot of play, with a lot of casual talk and chatting and... Uh, a lunch in between with the family or a break, a snack, going to the mini market together or mm. something. Still, this tiredness, this, this moment that you cannot really follow what is happening, what is being said, <laughs> that you kind of wish it's over yeah. now, yeah. but it's not over because there are still things to be said. There is still time until, uh, until the child's bed time, you know, which mm-hmm. usually is the time that the meeting would be over more or less, except if they had homework. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. this, this kind of things, this kind of things. And then I remember with some with a bit of a sentimental touch, let's say, that my need 
to go as soon as possible, like as soon as I would go out of the house, out of, uh, of its family's home, to find if I was not tired of going there, tired, or if it was not super late and so on, to find half an hour to go to a cafe nearby, to stay there for just drink a coffee and write up field notes, like complete all of these keywords that I had thrown in there, add whatever I never had the time to write or I didn't write. Mm. Yes, I, I like this half an hour, one hour sometimes, mm. coffee to that, or a beer to do this, mm. you know, to, to just fill it in so you have something to rely on on yeah. the next days when you will start typing your film. Mm. I think this was a very, very reflective time as well. This was a very trying to in a bit relieve, remember, rethink about the things that just happened before. That's more or less a day. <laughs> in London, a um, very sort of similar experience in terms of the rhythm and the temporality of, of field work. I mean, I seem to in retrospect, I remember it in kind of bursts of, as you were saying, like trying to contact families, then scheduling visits, mm. and then having a bit of a gap between the next round of visits. And bearing in mind that in the first six or seven months, I think I did about five visits with each child. So if you kind of break that down into a seven month period, that's pretty much not everyday field work. Mm. But it came close to that. And so I sort of, I have that kind of rhythm in my mind over that, that period. It's okay, that's not in the, the day in the life of, but it's kind of six months. And, and at one point, I think it really felt like, so there's the actual logistics of trying to organise these meetups. And by the time we'd got the full sample, it really felt like I was this kind of, I mean, we've spoken a lot about, you know, what are we? As ethnographers and what were we in particular in this project but I felt like this really strange secretary is not quite the right word but some sort of administrator who is administrating 15 family diaries including my own to find just a bit of time with each child and at a time that I could also do it to have my own child care for my own child um, which involves sort of coordinating diaries with my partner to actually be able to do the research. So in some ways, the big anxieties and a lot of the labour, emotional and kind of practical, went into actually getting that date in the diary. And that's the bit that used to make me feel the most anxious. Mm. And once that was there, it was like, okay. And then you really hoped that nobody's children would get sick, which happened on a few occasions. And then things would have to be rescheduled, which was worse than the original kind of scheduling because, you know, things get put into family diaries long time in advance. Um, so that was kind of, so just thinking about the rhythm of the field work and then there was, yeah, and then there were bursts. It was almost sort of quarterly bursts, if you like, of, of lots and lots of field work. And then in terms of the more every day of it, it was, it was everything that you've kind of described. And then, feeling a little bit sort of the image of a hamster on a wheel <laughs> keeps coming back in terms of field work, field notes, field work, field notes. And I didn't, um, I love the kind of the romantic image of going to the cafe afterwards to write yeah. down, but I, I, I was never able to do that. And I was usually, and so my mobile phone really became my field notebook. And what I'd often do during the field visits, I was, continuously at the same time as playing with children as doing whatever you know method 
we'd said that we'd do on that visit, I was always, you know, making the mental notes that you do and creating a sort of timeline in my head. And so then the first thing I'd do, and often literally I'd be walking and typing on the phone at the same time, is to get down the the timeline. So what was the timeline first? I, I go in, this happened, this was said, da, 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 as much stuff verbatim as I possibly could. I'd then get onto whatever mode of public transport I was using. And I think that's probably one of the biggest differences in terms of the three cities and the field work, in terms of the you know, fantastic public infrastructure in London where I could get, I only had to use a taxi once when the Thames link was down and I didn't realise when I showed up on a Sunday trying to get up to Northwest London and then had to get a taxi because there was no other way of doing that and being on time. So yes, yeah, so I'd get onto whatever mode of transport I was using and then just sit down and fill out, type out on Google Docs as much as of the field notes in as abridged or whatever fashion I could. And then the next morning, I'd sit down and turn it into prose. And I think in hindsight, if I were to do this again, I would make sure that I had at least a day between field visits but then that was never that wasn't always a choice and so and there's you know the hamster wheel of like you haven't quite finished the field notes from one child and you're off to do the research with the next child and obviously the kind of the fear and the anxiety was that I'd forget a lot of the kind of the thickness the detail the descriptions and somehow it it was okay though when I did the day in the life of in May of 2015, which is when I spent the day with the children, there was one absolutely crazy week, absolutely crazy week, where I had to do three day in the livestock in consecutive days. So it was Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. I was in the primary school with a different child. And all of those notes then happened sort of three weeks later with a big kind of disclaimer. I mean, they were all, some of them I was able to type as I went along during the day on the phone when I was allowed to have my phone in the classroom, which wasn't always possible. Others, I had a notebook, and so I would write down my field notes there. And so there was a much better written document, but it still meant that because there were three days in a row, I wasn't able to type things up until much later. Never mind everything else that goes on in a researcher's life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, whether that's the writing of papers, because we were writing from the very beginning. Um, in my case, I was always, I was also doing a limited but still some amount of teaching doctoral supervision as PI there were things to deal with in terms of finances HR funder great fun (laughs) (laughs) you have been listening to the fifth of six podcasts produced by the connector study team where team members Christos Barvantaikis, Vinarasan Araldos and me, Melissa Nolas, reflect on our day-to-day experiences of doing ethnographic field work with children. You can find the rest of our podcast series on our website at childhoodpublics.org.